What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Real Sports Science Podcast with Matt and David. And we have another guest interview today. Matt, who do we got on today? We have Ollie Clark. He's brought his shoulders today. I can tell you that his shoulders fit the frame quite nicely. In this episode, we talk about his one rep maxes, which I'm sure we're all excited to hear about those big, big numbers on the bench press. We talk about mental health, eating disorders. I mean, it's just an array of different subjects we cover, don't we, David? Yeah, yeah. Really excited for for you guys to listen to this, how he got into Strongman, how he got into coaching, some of his goals for this year to make it to World's Strongest Man, which I think it used to be in Miami, but it's somewhere else. Anyways, you got to listen to figure that out. So this is an exciting episode. It's definitely the strongest man, pun intended, that we've had on the podcast. This is the Real Sports Science Podcast. He's Matt. I'm David. Let's go. All right. First of all, taste of the week. We got another taste of the week coming up here from CNP, brought to you by CNP. What You know what we need, though? You know what we need, what I think we need for taste of the week? We need a little taste of the week jingle, I think. <laughs> this, this is what we need, right? What do we got today? Taste of the week. Brought to you by CNP. Right. Loaded EAA. Big juicy melons. Which is pretty pretty topical sort of, now. Speaking of the size, no, I know. Every time I'm looking at this, Ollie's I keep shoulders. reminding me of uh, Ollie's Ollie's arms. Eh? I'm seeing Ollie's yeah. arms in this. Big massive shoulders. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we, I think we're going. We're blowing too much smoke up Ollie's arms now. Yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. Are we tasting this at the Quit same shape. time, big man? T- yes. Yeah. Give it a smell first. Wow. It smells delicious. Mate. My goodness. Do you know what it smells right. like? Cheers. Watermelon. Oh, sorry. Cheers. Oh, man, I'll tell you oh, what. Oh, that is delicious. It's, I bet it you he beats Ollie's squash that he keeps bringing in in this next podcast you'll see, though, eh? <laughs> That's right. Beats his squash. This is way better. It Unreal. tastes like it smells. You know, most times things smell really good, but they don't taste like that. Also, remember what I was saying about the creatine, how it's not gritty? So many, like, EAA yeah. powders or, like, collagen powders just have that grittiness to it. And that just doesn't like I mixed it for what ten five seconds, and it's just smooth out. Yeah, I didn't even have to shake it. I didn't even have to shake it. <laughs> you just dumped like it. It just like appeared sh- like that. <laughs> just a quick spin. A little. <laughs> yeah, oh, you just mate, dumped 100%. it in, and it just diffused perfectly. That is delicious. So loaded EAAs, obviously getting your, your your essential amino acids in. Um, the way I think of it, like EAAs and BCAAs, is basically just like making sure that your body is in the best possible position to recover, to grow muscle, to adapt from training. That's who doesn't love growing it. muscle. Who doesn't love growing Speaking muscle? Speaking of growing muscle, I mean, it's like Wolf of Wall Street, isn't it? It's like Wolf of Wall Street. Do you like growing muscle? Yes. Have this done. Transaction complete. Easy. Transaction. Complete. Big muscle yeah. time. Yeah. Speaking of Wolf of Wall Street, rookie numbers. Rookie numbers are our squat, bench, and deadlift. Who doesn't have rookie numbers Mm -hmm. is Ollie Clark. Strong man. Who we've got on the podcast today. So I say let's get into it. Because this was a great episode. We really hope you enjoy it. Another CNP-affiliated person. A CNP athlete. So get into it. Ollie Clark. Hope you enjoy it. Let's go. 
I've lost track of how many guests we've had. I think I said it wrong already once before. This is number, I'm not sure what guest, uh, but Ollie Clark, welcome to the podcast. So first strong man on the podcast, definitely the biggest lad we've ever had on here. So that's exciting. Can barely fit, <laughs> can barely fit on the screen, but uh, um, <laughs> U23 UK champion in 2020, youngest ever strong man on Channel 5's UK Strongest Man at 19 years old, which is incredible. Uh also has a pet snake named Dave. First question, first question, <laughs> why Dave? <laughs> well, I always wanted a dog ever since I was a kid, and I always wanted to call my dog Dave, but <laughs> my mum would never let me have one because she doesn't like dogs. Um, but I was allowed a snake, so I just thought I'd call the snake Dave. That's so it. Cut your losses with you when you call its name. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, no. It's no. been... Oh. I almost took it to school once by accident. I had a, a rugby a rugby boot bag on my bed, and the snake was out, and it just crawled in there, and uh, oh, I forgot about it. <laughs> that's hilarious. That would be a great little surprise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, David, we won't need to put a frame round. Um, after in post-edit, we won't need to put a frame round because the shoulders will just frame the screen. Yeah. It'll be all right. It's nice <laughs> yeah. and perfect then. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> But, but but welcome to the podcast, Ollie. Uh, third time's a charm. We canceled and you had some issues and now we're finally in, which is really exciting. But thank you so much for jumping on uh, with us today. It'd be great. No, for, thank you for having me. Yeah, really excited. It'd be great for uh, well us as well and everyone listening just to get a kind of your background, where you've come from, kind of your entrance into Strongman and, and leading up to what you do now as, as both an athlete and a coach. Yeah, sure. So um, really, I started, it, it all kind of started when I was in primary school, probably about age 10, 9 or 10. I was really uh, overweight and bullied because of it all. Um, and then I just wanted to diet and be thin and just get rid of all the fat and stuff. So being a kid in primary school, I had no idea on anything to do with nutrition or anything on that front. So I just thought the less I eat, the more weight I'd lose. So I um, would like starve myself. I do all kinds of stuff, and I ended up developing anorexia when I was like eleven or twelve. Wow. Um, and from there, I saw loads of counsellors, doctors, and none of it really helped. None of it really like understood where I was coming from. And the only thing that did help was when I was eleven. I was old enough to do it to join a gym, so I joined the gym. Um, and I think the addiction kind of just went on to being progressing the weights and just being addicted to getting bigger stronger um building muscle and shifted it that on that front um and from there I competed first of all when I was 13 and that was in a powerlifting competition and at the comp I broke a few British records at my first comp so from there I was just hooked um and just carried on competing very very regularly every year as of from 13 to 16 um then at 16 years old i'd um decided to shift to strongman um so i did my first strongman competition i think i'd literally just turned 17 the week before um and it was like a london strongest man novice competition there was like 25 men um and i didn't think i'd come anywhere at all was, i didn't really practice the events or anything but i ended up winning that comp and from there i was just addicted to strongman and uh, it's kind of 
grown from there ever since. Imagine imagine just starting two competition going two for two. Cheers. <laughs> a lot of us are gonna be wondering what the records are. So what are your current like your three? Deadlift, do you like what what are the records or what are your current one RMs? Yeah, so when I was thirteen, I think the British record that I broke was like a hundred kilogram bench. Um but then I broke I broke a few world records in the end when I was about fifth when I was about fifteen um, for the fifteen and sixteen year olds and I think that was like uh, in the weight class it was like a one fifty bench um, two thirty two forty squat and like a two sixty deadlift something like that in the weight class it was a world record at, at the time I don't know if it still stands or not but that's what it was that's unreal I mean David's shaking because you can just bench both of him right now yeah. he's, he's lucky we're, on, we're doing insane. it online um, 13 years old <laughs> that's a joke <laughs> one, one thing I was wondering was um you said earlier, like you, you had problems like uh, where people were bullying you. And I just want to know that transition, because obviously it's the biggest step is the hardest step, which is making that transition, starting that transition. I wanted to just understand how did you learn to like how to diet? Where did you get your inspiration or in, information really on how to transition? Yes. So really, it just started with YouTube. Like I'd uh, when I was around 13, all I'd do is because I was so addicted to it. I'd just spend all my time. I wouldn't watch telly I wouldn't play Xbox or these things that all my mates and stuff were doing I'd just be watching YouTube videos of powerlifters bodybuilders strong men days of eating how to what to eat and and just literally I was just obsessed with that kind of content and from there just developing knowledge doing a few courses in the later years um just grown from that really that's awesome. And then, like, uh, you also said, like, mental health struggles as well. I mean, that's something that's becoming more apparent in recent years. I was wondering if there, you know, just going back to that transition again, is there anyone that helped you along the way? Or was it just pure, you know, solely by yourself that you had to get yourself through that? Yeah, um, with with that kind of stuff, I was seeing lots of doctors, lots of counsellors, and they never, never really go to the problem. They're just kind of... Uh, tell me to eat more so it didn't really ever make sense but when I started going to the gym I found like a new passion for getting better and getting stronger at everything getting bigger building muscle so it just the focus just shifted really on that front and my mum and dad paid for me to have a coach so I was very lucky at that age because they, they was happy for me to go to the gym but they didn't want me to injure myself or do things wrong which a lot of people do so I was lucky to have a coach at that age um who just taught me he was a powerlifter himself and he taught me the, the right. technique what to do that kind of stuff yeah no because you see a lot of kids that make the transition and um they find it difficult they find they don't have good information that they're using they go to the gym and they're doing say max volume six times a week and then their body's crumbling their back stiff they're basically ruining themselves by the time they turn 18 and not you know fully maturing being able to mature through you know, gym, proper gym technique and everything. So it's good that you were able to have access to sort of good knowledge and someone to help you along the way. That's really good. Yeah, 100%. I think it's key, especially when you're beginning anything, to have someone there that's done it and, and better than you to really make a shortcut and save you any kind of injuries or problems along the way. You, you spoke about the struggle with eating and anorexia. And firstly, like, really appreciate you sharing that i know that that can't be easy that couldn't have been easy going through and it's it's such a i think a unique perspective that you don't get to hear often because i think you know eating disorders get get so often um 
stereo stereotyped as something that men really don't struggle with. And so to hear someone who's who really struggled with that, especially at a really young age, is is really unique. I appreciate. It. Uh, how what what would you say for someone, especially men? who go to the gym. And, and I think often when we see like, especially strong men, you think, Oh, like they don't struggle with that. Like they're trying to be as big and as strong as possible. Like they can eat whatever they want. Well, um, what would you say to someone who is, who was in that position either as a young kid or maybe just starting out strong man, who's really struggling with that sense of, or that healthy relationship with food? Um, I think it's important to find a focus and, and find like a, a goal for you to push to otherwise well for me I find it's key to have a goal with anything because I feel like I'm just floating around and I've got no purpose otherwise so I find it very useful with picking something a deadline a target um, and then doing everything you can to go for that but I think as well it's key when when these kind of people see like the strong men in the gym like you say a lot of the time all of them are going through something in their mind like there's no there's no uh, reason for people to just normally wake up and think they want to get massive and super, super strong. Like they've often always gone through something themselves, so they're always going to be there and happy to help people that <laughs> kind of looking in that way. Hmm. I think it's just such a great reminder to, you know, you never know what's, what someone's going through or what someone's been through to be in the position that they're at, especially when it comes to eating and guys in the gym. Like, like it's so it's so easy to throw out comments like oh you can eat what oh you're lucky because you can just eat whatever you want you know and I think I think it's so easy to do and we need to really be careful that we don't do that because you don't know what someone's been through or what they're feeling or maybe they really struggled that day to eat because you know they're struggling with that so I think that's just such a not a cool story but so, that's not the right word but such a unique experience that I think really appreciate you sharing that because because I think a lot of people can learn from that and and to hear it from from a guy who's very successful in the sport that he's that he's doing um I think is a very unique perspective and can help a lot of people so no really really appreciate that no thank you mate yeah cheers on the on goals you said about goals uh before we move on to coaching let's talk you specifically strong man um, like, what are your goals? What are you doing this year? What What are you hoping to achieve? Actually, this weekend I've got um, my first comp of the year, and that's going to be the England Strongest Man qualifier for under 105s. So, uh, last year I dropped down to 105 kilogram class. Um, I always competed as an open athlete, and I did UK Strongest Man as an open when I was younger. But I just found myself, I, I went the other way. So I went, I got too heavy too quickly and I got a lot of health effects because of that because I was just trying to get as big as possible and as strong as possible. And I didn't really understand that it's not all about getting as big as you can. It, it's about so many other things. And because of that, I got a lot of health issues. Um, I was like 21 and a half stone when I was um, 18. So... And I'm not tall. I'm about five foot eight, so I was I was massive for the for the size. And I struggled to breathe. I struggled to walk around, and even even in bed asleep, well, trying to sleep, my resting heart rate would be like 120. So just through the roof, and it put a lot of strain on me. So I ended up getting a bit ill with that, and decided to lose the weight and just build up. So 
I'm trying to fill out the weight class in 105s and, and be as lean as possible at that cap and then move on to the opens that way. Just gradually do it rather than going too fast because a lot of people just go too fast and end up getting injured or having these health problems. So that's why I've brought it back down to the 105s. Um, the goal for this year for me, I want to win England's um, England's Strongest Man under 105 and then I want a podium at Europe's Strongest Man and World's Strongest Man this year. David, that sounds like a great opportunity for us to come and visit and watch you watch you win that no, competition then, eh? It'll yeah. be class. It'll be great to support you along the way because, I mean, it's just a great goal and the fact you've determined it and you know what you want to do. And a big thing you pointed out, gradually increasing. You don't, like you see people who are on these crazy calorie diets and you know it's like people at the what's it the bodybuilding uh, mr olympia everyone like it's, it's funny you think oh that's the best physique ever you don't realize that that is actually they're on dying their body's in a state where they're just panicking alerting every sort of hormone in the body to produce to yeah. stay alive really um and i mean yeah having you know like eddie hall the ten thousand calories a day or diets like that it is just puts the body I can't even if when I think about it I'm under stress like I start sweating myself it's just crazy amount of food and just work that they, and you think like oh it's just you know they're just building mass by eating no they've got to replenish the calories that they're burning because they're doing it I mean I can't imagine how many training sessions you're doing but it's just every day just pounding that body to having to replenish it just that cycle it's it's yeah so the best way is gradually and we could touch about uh, upon that in a later podcast um but yeah and talking about gradual and the way to fine-tune things like how does sports science play into your prep and how has interaction with sports scientists and snc coaches shaped your times as an yeah, athlete sure. so now now that i've gone through that and, and um kind of been a bit methodical with how i do everything i'm very much more looking at a scientific approach of things especially as a weight class athlete which i think is very important um, you've got to get the most out of your body in a certain cap. So it's important to do certain things. Like, for example, with log press and strongman, um, there's a muscle called your trap free in, in your back. If you go to log press and that trap free is un underdeveloped, then it will send a signal to your brain that it's dangerous to put 100% power in because it's underdeveloped. And so you won't get the most out of the power that you have. So all these little things... Um, like not even just looking at <clears throat> exercises, it's also looking at kind of the new neurological side of things as well um, has played a massive part. I've got um, my coach is Shane from MSC. I don't know if you if you know him or if you've heard of him, but he's helped massively the last few months with developing that more and more. Yeah, and you raised a good point. You know, talking about that trap free, it's like you've got to work on the major muscles, but you cannot forget the accessory ones or the or the stabilizers because when you're hitting a hundred percent, those are the ones that will carry you. Those are the ones that will reduce the risk of injury and just not let your body crumble down under the pressure. So yeah, it's a it's a great point. So like. If if you could give an example for us to so say, oh, well, you already did, didn't you? Love press. <laughs> My bad. Um, but yeah, no, it's a lot of people think that they can do it themselves. They can just, as you said, like you started off on YouTube and some people won't make that progression to go, actually, I need to invest or I need to think more in terms of an elite athlete or I need to start getting sports scientist in, uh, input. Um, and yeah, it's just, it, as you can tell, it probably goes a massive yeah, way, one, doesn't 1, it? 1,000%. Even like there's a one-arm dumbbell press event in Strongman and just by doing things like so many people think you've just got to hit these events hit them hard train them heavy but like you say it's so important not to neglect all of the stabilizers and all of the surrounding muscles like for the one-arm dumbbell press 
doing things like windmills is really, really important, really strengthening your hips and those kind of to get into those positions. And as well, things like mobility and stability with weights. For strong men, it's really just becoming more of a well-rounded athlete. You've got to be mobile and you've got to have stability because the more mobile and the more stable you can be, the better positions you can get yourself in to then be more efficient at the specific lift. So everything comes into play with it. I think it's more of a shift from being just a heavy lifter to being an actual athlete. And then just just so I can give our listeners a bit more context, a strongman day, what does a strongman day or, or competition look like? How many lifts would you be doing in a day? Because you also got to take in the fact, say you're given 100% in the one on press. What about if you got the log press next or something? Recovery would be massively yeah. key as well. So I was just wondering what a day looked what, like. What, like a training day or, or a competition day? Yeah, a competition so day. Generally, an average competition will have five events. Um but you, you do get like two or three day comps where they may have like three or four events and then the next day you're competing and the next day. But all in all, for the most part, it's generally a five competition event um, and it depends. Sometimes it's a really quick turnaround. So you'll go from event to event, maybe in 20 minutes, half an hour, whereas sometimes you're waiting around for two hours for the next event. So it's very specific to the day that you have to judge by how you feel and how you push because so many people will have these long day events they'll go mad on the first one and they'll be like walking around like their adrenaline pumping they're super nervous and then they're burnt out by the time they go to the next event so you've got to learn to really control your nerves on the day um and really kind of get into the other nervous system rest recover and then amp yourself up ready for the next one just so you're not super super up here charged all the time and then just drained ready for the next one like i said and then just like i was i was seeing like a say a one day competition in your personal experience how does that compare with a two to three day uh, competition obviously there's you know it's split out more but like mentally is that one day tough or is that two to three day tougher? Because you're looking at the mental side and then the physiological side. You need both to be firing at the same time. But two to three days, it's like bringing it, longing it out yeah. so much more. So I just wanted to yeah. your personal For experience. For me, I prefer the one day competitions just because you can get in focus and just smash it all out. Whereas obviously you've got to realize that when you're competing same with any sport your sleep's going to be affected through like the week before even because you're thinking about it and you're you're worrying about it or you're excited for it whatever it is but where you've got like a three-day comp i find the i struggle to sleep and i'm too anxious i want just i just want to get it done and i just want to do it so where it's dragged out for all them days it's it's quite hard on, on the mental side of things to just really remember to relax and take yourself down and then amp yourself up when you need to so yeah for me i prefer the one days all day and then and then do the training recovery modalities you use train so uh, differ sorry so say in that one day how would you just to give like people some examples in that one day how would you recover and then in those two to three days competitions how would you recover from then if you what what do you mean like uh from a training perspective or from like a on the actual competition day perspective on on the actual competition, like how would you recover after, say, it, during that one day? How would you recover after one sort of lift and then to the next one in, in an hour's time or yeah, however I just, long it is? Yeah, I like to kind of um, find a little corner or something and just be alone and calm. A lot of people like to just joke around with everyone and, and that works for people. Um, but I like to just put my headphones on, put my music on, amp myself up when it's time to, and then just calm down, chill, speak to your 
you'll have a few people around you like your family or your training partners just speak to them and also getting the fuel in is important too so just making sure you keep grazing throughout the day and making sure you're hydrated throughout the day because especially with things like cramp coming in and, and you can then risk tearing something as well so it's important to make sure your hydration your electrolyte levels everything's on point um throughout that day and then when it comes to like a three-day comp really as soon as that last event's done it's about getting back um getting to bed and relaxing really and then just when you're wrecked after a comp it's it's pretty easy to fall asleep and and just sorry david it is um when you're coming after that one uh, those two to three day comps and you have to get to sleep are there any like tips or tricks that you use because i mean i know that andrew huberman's popping up now massively on social media with his like sort of uh, research and sleep and his modalities that he uses and talks about. I was wondering if you had any tricks when you're struggling to get to sleep. To be honest, I I don't personally have um, any kind of tricks or tips. I, I like to take CBD um, oil and I also like to take ZMA tablets. I find they really... Um, they really help me with sleep. But other than that, I don't really, I've not really tried any or used any. Um, I've not really found the need to yet, but it'd be interesting to see yeah. some of those. To be fair, yeah. I mean, like one of the things he says as well is that don't force it. If what you've got now is working for you, there's no need to change it just because some science says something. If it's working, it's working. Sure. Don't break yeah. something if it's not, don't fix something if it's not broken. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Got there in the end. <laughs> well, <laughs> Here's a question: Do you do you ice bath in competitions? I I personally don't ice bath. Um, no, no. I've I know there's a lot of research and a lot of people do like it, um, but a lot of research does also say that it actually slows down recovery. Um, a lot of stuff that I've read says that it um, slows down recovery. It builds up a lot of extra inflammation as well. Um, I know it does make you feel good, though, and I think there's a kind of a fine line between what science says and how you feel. Um, you can kind of tread on that a little bit, but I personally don't like ice baths. I do like saunas, though. I find <laughs> saunas are really, really helpful. And also, yeah. for, for long-term with blood pressure, there's so much data out there now showing how it really, really helps um, helps you in the long term. Yeah. Life goal is to like have a sauna, a sauna oh, in the backyard. Yeah. That'd be incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100. Yeah, sauna in the backyard for David. Free courtside tickets to yeah, course, hockey. Course uh, what else is in this dream world of yours, David? <laughs> eh? Basketball, man. <laughs> courtside. What? What's it called? Ringside. <laughs> ringside. That's hilarious. Sorry, massive fan. Massive fan. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah. Uh, been following for hockey years, for years yeah. now. Yeah. It, it's great because you have so much experience. Obviously, being an athlete, and I think, like probably because you've been an athlete for years now the things that you do are just so second nature that you don't even realize that you have unbelievable tips but you coach as well um and, and all of those tips i'm sure your athletes just seep in that knowledge that you get to bring them but o over the years if you've coached and as you've kind of grown into your your coaching um what would you say are like the top you know kind of three well don't need to put a number on it, but a few of kind of your most important values as a coach that, that you take into every client. Yeah, um, sure. I would say um, number one is always consistency trumps everything. So I would rather someone that trains like, well, consistency with everything like diet, training, recovery is the person that can be the most consistent with it will generally be the person that does the best. That's what I always have found. Um, 
another thing is the importance of nutrition and the importance of recovery. When when you train, even more so, I, I feel a strong man in powerlifting. Well, with ev- with every single sport, nutrition's super, super, super important. I've, obviously, I'm probably biased, but I feel like it's even more so important when you're trying to grow and gain muscle as well, and you're trying to be um, at peak performance in strongman and powerlifting. So, I would say number two is always making sure your nutrition is on point as well as hydration, um, and like I said, recovering too. So, you're not wrecking. You don't need. To, for me, I say you don't really need to train more than four days a week at all. Even three or four days is ample. People go in there and they try and wreck themselves. Like you said before, a lot of people that don't know what to do will just go in and try and max max out every week, just burn their nervous system to the ground and then wonder why they're getting weaker instead of getting stronger. So making sure you're recovering and not pushing too hard always is another key, um, as well as deloading. Deloading is important, so having specific periods of time where you're lowering the volume or the intensity to allow you to progress at a linear rate rather than keep just get getting here and then kind of stagnating. Pull yourself back a bit so you can then push forward again. What would you say to athletes who don't like deloading? Because that's a big thing. Like telling an athlete to take it easy in the gym is probably is- – is so diff- probably harder than trying to get your mom to to say to let you have a dog instead of a snake. Uh, what <laughs> what would you? Yeah. How do you deal with that? And, and what do you say to athletes who don't want to deload? We've kind of with the with the team of guys I train. Um, um, they quite like it how I'm quite regimented with them, and I just tell it how it is, and I'll just say if you don't deload you're going to end up going backwards you're going to burn yourself out and you're going to get weaker because obviously their priority in their head they want to get as strong as possible the idea of getting weaker because of not doing something is horrible for them so I kind of put it in that way Um, and then also I'll show them too so if they really struggle against it maybe if they're a beginner too maybe I'll let them carry on training for a week or two they'll feel more and more fatigued and feel more and more running to the ground and then it will kind of force them into deloading and, and them actually understanding they have to deload and it's an important part of everything. And just just going back, I remember like when you were describing earlier about the sort of just people keep pushing their central nervous system, just the body's like going through so much stress, like that uh, GAS, the general adaptive uh, system or syndrome. Um, where you're putting your body through so much stress. If you're not allowing that body to adapt to that first initial stress you're giving it, you're just going to, as you said, fry. Your limbs are going to be, you're not never going to be able to grow. And, you know, you look at yourself, as you said, while you're wondering not growing or getting stronger, any of your goals aren't being reached, it's because you're running yourself to the ground. And deload weeks are massive as well. You need to, once again, just, even though you've allowed it to recover, recover, you just can't keep doing the same thing. You need to just taper it down relax and then reset for that next week 100 it's um it's like an injury prevention thing as well because if you're battering your tendons and your ligaments and if, if those muscles are getting tighter and tighter because of things they're going to be on the edge of tearing or anything could happen so it's, an, it's another thing of an injury prevention too have you seen your coaching style change as you've done how long how long have you coached for now uh, uh, yeah i've coached for four years now okay so and and how have you seen your coaching style change have you seen it change or or do you think you've kind of stayed consistent what are the kind of the things that you've learned 
as you've as you've gone through the past four years of coaching? Yeah, I'd, I'd say the main thing is about uh, individual differences and being everyone's different, right? So you've got to kind of sometimes change your style depending on how the person is and how the what the person likes to do and how the person likes to train, as well as their lifting experience too. So obviously you're not going to train a beginner the same you're going to train someone who's trained for 10, 20 years. Um, it's about also understanding the individual's goal because a lot of people want to get into the sport of powerlifting and strongman just for a bit of fun and as a hobby. And they don't want to become the world's strongest man or they don't have these crazy goals. So it's about still making it fun for them and still um, allowing a bit of variation here and there and, and letting them enjoy it, really. Hmm. That's so great, yeah. And I, that kind of comes back to the consistency part. I loved how you said that because so many people, especially like New Year's or when they start in a gym, they're like, yeah, I'm going to go and, and I'm going to go from doing nothing to six times a day. But that makes no sense. Like if you couldn't do it, you know, you failed so many and now you want to go from zero to six times a day. That doesn't make any sense. Um, so like just that consistency part, I think is, is huge. And it's just so many people get caught up in that, I think. And I guess for people who aren't used to the gym, it's difficult to understand that. Like what you said, like three, four days is, is enough. Like I'd rather you train two times a day or two times a day. <laughs> I'd rather you train two times a week for years than like go through spurts of training more than that, but only like last two weeks at a time. 100%. It's all about being re realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think we said it, didn't we, David, in around Christmas, didn't we about um, just, even though it's Christmas coming up, don't don't stray away just don't be like oh two weeks off hello christmas time i'm just going to leave the gym and then when you get back to the gym you always hear people say oh i'm so much weaker and then you're looking around like well who would have thought that all these years of training and you thought you would have noticed that by now um so yeah consistency soaking you can even see it as in as simple as something as sleep there's been studies where they found if you're sleeping say six hours one night nine hours the next night seven hours there you're all over the place and it's not beneficial at all. If you just slept six hours all the nights, that would be so much better. And you can apply that with everything in life. So it's good that you're telling your clients how it is because a lot of coaches will just be like, some even PTs will just be like, oh yeah, you're looking good, you're looking good. You're hitting that goal, don't worry. And they're just getting money on the side or they just, they're not all there. Like they're not all there for their client really. Um, and honesty is such a key thing we're seeing from any different type of coach or even relationship with the with anyone really teammate you're you're coaching them or you're the athlete you've got to be honest it goes so much more so much more down the line and you'll be able to just get better in the future so much more beneficial one thousand percent so what's your favorite what's your favorite um this is just a total side question what's your favorite strongman event or lift to to train people. So eventually we want to do something where Matt and I come down, you put us through the paces of strongman. What are you teaching us first? How, how? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would probably say the log press is quite an iconic event. No, no other sport really does it. Um, yeah. I would say the log press would be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. Do you follow, do you follow a guy on Instagram, Valkyrie performance or something like that? not 100 percent sure i'm not sh totally he um i used to follow him so he used to do stuff with harlequins uh i think snc but 
he does he's trying to he's getting in strong round or he has been for a while now but yeah he does like even the farmer carries with that uh thing that goes over your back oh that looks fun <laughs> I, I can tell you that i'll be enjoying that if we ever do it but um <laughs> and then uh, another david on top of your Come side on. question i've got another one yeah you've been drinking stuff um during the show i was just wondering what are you drinking <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a, uh, it's just squash uh, uh, nice. uh, oh, fair, fair. i thought some yeah, elite yeah. performance just some great like stuff. Oh, for sure smoothie <laughs> or something something mad <laughs> i'm not gonna yeah, lie i saw it as well all uh, the fruit yeah. booster shots bcaa's <laughs> yeah. i'm not gonna lie i saw it i was like that looks hella fresh some, yeah 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 no i drink so much water and uh I just it's horrible just drinking water uh, constantly all day so i have to have cherries and berries in everything <laughs> <laughs> cherries and berries i think we yeah. can all stand with you there right yeah yeah, yeah. honestly oh what do you what do you think do you do then, you drink coffee do you drink coffee yeah i drink coffee. there's yeah. been a, a massive thing going around lately of like hydrate before you caffeinate <laughs> and it i haven't read too much into it but it's like everyone posts stories of them chugging a glass of water before 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 they drink coffee and it's driving me nuts no one wants to see you drink a gallon of water in the morning oh god that'll be oh that's too good isn't it that's that's what the world is nowadays though isn't it some new trend and then they have to just go through the roof with it and exaggerate it just just have a little glass of water now easy this is this is when we go on ollie's story on instagram and see that he's just posted that with his with his cherries with his cherries and berries <laughs> or the milk carton with the yeah, squash yeah. inside yeah. have you seen those that's yeah. proper old school yeah, yeah love, uh, it. love it um but yeah trying to trying to go back just before like you know just towards the end of this i was just wondering like what advice would you give for people that are trying to become strong men or or young coaches at the start of their career as well so we'll start with uh big becoming a strong man yeah the, the thing with becoming a strong man i would say is just uh enjoy it and focus on enjoying your training having fun learning the events because the strongman community is really is great because you get so many people around you nobody cares what your ability is everyone will just help and cheer on everyone because everyone just wants to see you hit pbs and everyone knows what that feels like when you've hit a pb so that's what is encouraged so Actually enjoying strongman days, getting down to a strongman gym and getting involved with the atmosphere um, and then just focus on consistently progressing over years and years. Um, that's what I would say would be the biggest key. I think another important thing is know what you're about, like know who you are as a person, know what makes you tick, what makes you get out of bed in the morning, what makes you, for example, go through that transition. Because there's a, a lot of kids out there that will be sort of struggling and being the similar position as you. And you're definitely going to be an inspiration for a lot of them because they need someone and maybe you'll be that someone that will take them over the edge. Maybe they'll be watching these YouTube videos. And at the start of that transition, they will hear you talk about this or see you on your Instagram and be like, oh, I should actually invest into sports science. I don't want to injure myself in the future. So it's it's really great that you've highlighted many different parts of inspiration that people can take during this podcast. And we, we thank you for that. No, I appreciate it. On a, on a, on a other note, we love these little side quests of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Who's your strongman idol? Strongman idol. My favorite strongman of all, well, when I first began, my main guy who I was always um, looking up to was Eddie Hall. Even when he was like, before he was at the top, before he was like the best or anything, I was Eddie Hall, I was a big fan of. And also Alexei Novikov now, I'm, I'm a really big fan of Alexei because of how uh, how he's not a super, super heavyweight, but he makes, he gets the most out of his body and he's so efficient with 
every single technique that he does. Well, that, uh, my next question, I was going to save this for quick fire questions, was going to be Thor or Eddie Hall, but that's just completely answered that one. Because <laughs> yeah. um, there was, uh, I remember I watched like little videos or like little documentaries on them about their little clash. It was amazing to see both absolute specimens, yeah. but I just cannot believe how big Thor is. Like, would, do you know that one when he did the 501 deadlift, not in competition in his home yeah. gym, where these massive people are next to him, shout, I mean, the testosterone in that gym <laughs> could have... I mean, it was like a hundred elephants just charging, <laughs> right? But just the size he was compared to those strong men next to him, compared to his wife that he then just picked <laughs> up with one finger and went, yes, I just could not believe it. Um, but then Eddie Hall with that 500 kg deadlift in, in a proper um, scenario where he's got blood coming out of his nose and he's just there like, look at tanks. Thanks. We'll see you. We'll see you there one day, David. Yeah. I on the side, shaking, just cheering, with the camera. just waving towels around. Don't Go crush on, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's the goal, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And then next, you know, David, David, you're David's idol. Next, David's into strongman as well. He's doing log presses in his uh, garden, and then that's in right. the sauna he just goes off, chopping down <laughs> yeah. trees to lift them. I guess that's how I guess that's how strongman started. Hey, it's like who can lift the biggest tree in the forest? It must have been. It must have been. Yeah. The most efficient, yeah, like lumberjack. Yeah. yeah, just like the biggest rock. Who can pick up the biggest rock and carry it? Everything. That's it's all literally. Like that. That's like the epitome of just like bored guys, isn't it? It's like boys, we're so, yeah. we're so bored. Yeah. What are we going to do today? Bet you can't lift up that rock. It's like yeah, watch me. Nowadays, it's just everyone's going opening their car and being like, "I can get all the shopping bags and all the shopping in there oh, in yeah. one trip. Yeah, no, two trips. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah." Those atlas yeah. stones are crazy, though. Have you ever tried? Have you ever like tried them? Yeah, yeah, I've done done them quite a lot. Um, my, my biggest stone so far, I did one eighty. Um, I haven't tried them for a couple of years, but I'm going to go for a two hundred in the next month or two. Uh, yeah. Kilograms, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Have you tried them? Oh, that yeah, is yeah, crazy. Just, yeah, just that is crazy. It's just two hundred. That's mental. Yeah. I, I struggle on the pebbles on the beach sometimes, <laughs> carrying about five of them. Like, oh. oh. No, thank you so much for coming on, Ollie. It was it was great, and you know, it's some I've I've watched many like strongman little highlights, obviously, like I do with CrossFit, and just to be able to talk to someone who's had massive amounts of experience in there, and someone hopefully I'll be able to watch a little documentary of in the future. Um, it's just yeah, it was it was great having you on. No, thank you guys. I appreciate it. It's been great to be on. Right, Matt. Do we have quick fire questions today? There you go. Nice. Guys. Yeah, we've got nice. quick fire questions. We always do quick fire <laughs> questions. Matt always takes the lead on this, and he's really good at it. Just five, five or so questions, just quick fire. They they can go from they can go from what's your deepest fear to what's your favorite color. So you got to be ready for anything. Uh, this is it's good competition. For right. builds character. <laughs> builds character. <laughs> All right, we'll start off nice and easy. What's your favorite beverage? Um, Monster. Which one? The white one. Oh, nice. Really, ultra. I had that once. It ruined my insides for two days. So I've, I stick to Mango Loco now. Mango. Um, <laughs> soft belly, they call me. Soft belly, but it's all right. Um, <laughs> and then, do you prefer upper body or lower body lower. when you're working out? Lower. Really? Yeah. Oh, strong. Yeah. David and I hate lower body. They call us little pin, <laughs> little pins when we walk around. <laughs> um, what is your favorite dessert or cheat meal? Uh, favorite cheat meal? I love uh, burgers. I'd probably say my favorite dessert is cheesecake. Oh. 
two absolute bangers Ooh, there you go and then sticking on that theme what's the worst thing you've eaten from a restaurant or, or ever like the most curious or worst thing uh i was in uh i was in ayanapa and there was this every single restaurant was terrible and there was this one seafood restaurant that looked good and uh i thought the food was going to be fantastic in this but mate it was like uh, i think i got food poisoning from it as well it was just uh, the weird it was paella and it was the weirdest horrible oh no but <laughs> yeah that would be it oh Whenever you ask someone their worst food experience and they start off saying seafood restaurant, you just know it's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, dodgy. Yeah, yeah risky. Yeah. Um, what's, what's your worst habit? My worst habit? Um, that you'd like to change? I drink a lot of monsters. <laughs> that would be, uh, be it. <laughs> Full circle. Right. Coming Probably back a, to the first name- question on that one. Nice. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then finally who who inspires you the most who inspires me the most if i had to pick anyone i'd probably say eddie hall the what the journey that he's gone through and how he's always said it and he's actually achieved it i'd say eddie hall yeah awesome that's great thank you so much ollie yeah thank you so much no, thank hope you. you have a good rest of the week mate love having you on no thank you guys appreciate it i'll um i'll speak to you soon mm-hmm.